Hey, you're listening to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 162. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and we're going to kick off a new arc it's a new year. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What is going down? A whole ton is going down. Like we're 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 back after another exciting EDH and M. We made it through one of the deepest freezes in Saskatoon history, and uh, we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of magic related things. We got prizes. We got new patrons. We're kicking off a new arc that I think people are gonna be really into. But before we do any of that, we gotta thank our official official sponsors, FaceToFaceGames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. Ooh, very much so. And next, next, next weekend, like February 1st. Sure. Sure. Face-to-face open in Saskatoon. We are going. The CCO Dude Bros are going to go. If you are a local or semi-local person, come jam. Jam some games. We usually play uh, casual, free around the thing. We usually have some stuff to give away, some free swag, as well as we guarantee we have 276% fun every time. Every time. And... My favorite part is definitely when we give something away and somebody opens it. I just like seeing people open packs to see what they get. I get more excited about what they're going to get than they do because usually it's jank, but not always. Ooh. Yeah, we gave away. I remember the first time we were doing it, I gave away a, a yog moth. I gave away. I gave away the sword of white and blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah couple kids got packs and and it was the funniest thing i opened i'm standing there and the the dad that was standing there with the three kids was like oh that's so great you guys get to just give away stuff and he was so excited like i was and the kid opens up a whatever he opened and he's like oh i could probably trade this in i'm like oh <laughs> dang kid <laughs> damn kid no one knowing about this unregulated economy that we exist in what the hell <laughs> yeah that's it so those are lots of fun speaking of face to face games we've got $25 gift credit certificate to give away for this arc we do and of course as you know uh to get entered to win that you just have to tag us and face to face in a post on your social media let them know that we were a great pickup and a good investment and you will be entered in to win $25 to put towards any of your magic supply and or card needs that's right and any of our episodes or articles on face to face games.com's content portion of their website if you leave a content if you leave a comment in there of course you'll get yourself entered in as well just a a, a good article good pickup like brando says anything like that to let them know that we're doing a good job that'll get you entered in to win 25 bucks yeah and that could be a uh what can you get for 25 bucks out of the new set you can get most stuff out of the new set for oh, 25 oh bucks. i got this i got this okay you can get a dockside extortionist Ooh. You know who else you can get a Dockside Extortionist? You could get yourself entered into our current ARC deck giveaway, which is the Mystic Intellect 2019 Commander deck. Ooh, now you might be saying, Savine, sure, Paramicon, two thumbs up from Ryan, Dockside Extortionist in that list too. That's the shit. I assume two thumbs up from Brando. Hell yeah. That was my number two commander card of the year last year. It's a really good card. That card is the truth. And the reason we're giving away that one is because it has blue in it. And this is the arc of... New Year, New You. As in the letter U, as in the abbreviation for blue. That's right. So we are going to focus our... Upcoming arc on our, our next few episodes on new and interesting ways to play the Cutler Blue. Not just the, oh, draw, go, oh, I'm better than you because I'm smarter because I can assess the board and know what to counter. Oh, Cyclonic Rift, oh, Snapcaster, Cyclonic Rift. <laughs> Ooh, the land that puts the Cyclonic Rift on top of my library. Brainstorm. Cyclonic Rift. (laughs) So, of course, we are making fun at at Blue a little bit. And over the next few weeks, we are going to focus on new and interesting ways to play it. Let's give a hint at who the commandy is. Let's read them and then talk about a few other things. Okay, the commander for the day to kick off the arc is going to be Brutaclad, Telshore Engineer. Have we talked about this is commander it before? Telshore? I call it or Telshore. Or Telcor. Telcor, Telshore. We can fight about it in the comments. Brutaclad, 
telecom communication engineer. There we go. He's a 4-4 artificer for and 4. Creature tokens you control have haste. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 2-1 blue mirror artifact creature token. Then you may choose a token you control, and if you do, each other token you control becomes a copy of that token. Of note, that includes clue tokens, that includes gold and treasure tokens, any tokens. Oh. So, on to everything else. Yes. First up, you had mentioned we've got some new patrons. We've got two weeks worth of patrons to shout out. We're going to do it quick. First two shout outs. Riley Kruger, returning patron. Yes. Welcome back. Stay strong. He's from Australia. I know that they're going through some trouble right now, and he is not currently on fire, so good on him. Yeah, that's half the battle. John Armorall increased uh, his yeah. pledge. Thank you very much. We very much appreciate that. Next shout out, Cody. Just Cody. You know what that means. Oh, i got to give him a last name, hey? How about Cody Travers? I don't know. No idea what the reference is, but sure. That's Cody from uh, Final Fight? Never heard of it. His girlfriend gets kidnapped in Metro City, and him and the mayor of Metro City, Mike Hagar, have to traverse the streets, beating the crap out of literally everybody that moves. Is that a movie? It's a video game. It'd be a great movie, though. <laughs> It'd be way better than Double Dragon. I have no idea what that is either. <laughs> Oh, I do love a good uh, double D, though. I will say that. Oh, my. Cody, thank you. Welcome. Cody Travers, everybody. Next one, Christopher Betker. He was insistent on letting me know that I've pronounced that name wrong in the past, and he tells me it's German and that everybody pronounces it wrong, and Ryan Panaf here, king of getting name pronounced wrong. Six letters, everybody. What are we going to call Cody Betker? We're going to call him Cody Pudding Pop. Pudding Pop. Yeah, because his last name kind of sounds like Oetker, and they make pudding. <laughs> so, welcome to Pudding Pop Town. Welcome to Pudding Pop Town. Don't Google that. Do not. Do not Google no. Cody, or sorry, Christopher Pudding Pop. <laughs> I don't know what part of the body that entails or what that means. Yes, you do. Yeah, I probably yeah, you do. do. You 100% you do. I've got a good imagination, but not as good as Google, <laughs> so I'm just not going to Google it. Next shout out, Diego, I want to say ID. Ooh. That sounds kind of dirty already. Yeah. Like I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give her the I'm going to give him the Diego ID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Diego ID. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I think it's just like, I think that might be the name. I think it might Diego be. Diego ID. Yeah, D the Diego ID. You have to have the the in the front. <laughs> yeah. That way you know it's a dirty sex act. Yeah. I'm going to give him the Houdini, then I'm going to give him the Diego ID. <laughs> yeah, okay. Welcome. I don't know why anybody wants these. I also don't know why anybody wants these. Okay, final one is an alias, so you know what that means. Oh, sweet new name. Sweet new Russian name. Oh. Okay. Switch breed. What? That's the name. Oh. He's going to be called, uh, let's go, Tex Bovrov. Tex? Tex. Is that a Russian name? Nope. That is definitely an American name. It's like two Russian parents emigrated to the States, and they wanted to give their kid the most American name they could think of. Tex. Tex Bovrov. And yeah. we, we, pull back the curtain, we Googled Russian last names. Uh-oh. <laughs> we found one that translates into beaver yeah so not only do you have an american russian name you also have an american russian canadian name tex beaver congratulations <laughs> congratulations again we're not sure why you want your last name to be beaver but here we are we, it is where we have ended up that's it okay final little bit of news here we have our boxes of theros beyond death we do we are ready to do some open flippy dot drinky. We sure are. So make sure you watch for that on the Commander Cookout YouTube channel. It's going to be there. It's going to be posted on our social media when we go live with round one. Of course, if you share any of those videos, you'll get entered in to win our deck giveaway. We very much appreciate that. Oh, speaking of last, 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 last thing. Theros Beyond Death, we did miss a couple instances in sorcery because they weren't done being previewed on our last our last uh, set review with Zach from Commander Social. Correct. Heliod's Intervention, probably the best one. D yeah. Destroy X target enchantments or artifacts. Gain yeah. 2X life. It's, it's arguable that it is as good as the green one. 
Oh yeah, I, the I green still one. think the green one. You know better, what? But... Switch the switch the gain X life to destroy two X enchantments and artifacts. Yeah, I think the reason why Heliod's intervention isn't as good as the green one, whose name I can't remember right now, Nylea's intervention, Nylea's intervention is because the second thing is gain life, and who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. As opposed to kill all your opponent's stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. The black card draw spell, Funeral Rites, black two, draw two, lose two, mill two? Nah. That's fine. It's yeah. another one like that for three mana, which is good. Yeah. If you want to mill, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those cards where I call them, they're kind of just dull. They're great, and if you're going for that, you should play them. Yeah, like but read the bones, sign in blood, yeah. that kind of stuff. They're right? just not exciting. It's like Harmonize. It's just... Yeah, oh. you, you need them, but there's nothing special about them, right? Yeah. Okay, Death Bellow, War Cry. Search your library for four Minotaur cards, put them into play. <laughs> Minotaur Tribal or or the combo that we missed in our recent Reaper King Changeling deck. Search yeah. for four Changelings that all have Champion a Changeling, so they all ETB and blink each other infinitely. Jesus. So Death Bell of Warcry can go straight into that Reaper King deck and exile every single permanent on the <laughs> battlefield. <laughs> so we missed those, everybody. Sorry about that. That but, happens. Uh, that's just the nature of the beast, I guess. Yeah. Deck? Deck. Deck. Okay, so we got old Broody. Now, we read Broody, and I actually had a realization while I was reading Broodiclad. Now, it says choose a token you control and all of your tokens become a copy of those tokens. Yeah. So you could, in theory, turn all of your creature tokens into gold tokens and then wrath the board. And then at the end of your turn, all of your creatures would come back. All of our creatures would come back? Well, yeah, because all your creature tokens turned into gold tokens. Yeah. And then you wrath the board, and at the end of your turn, all of your gold tokens turn back into creatures. Oh. So that's... I never thought of that. And that's kind of neat. That is cool. That's a, it's a cool thing you can do with Bruticlad. And and uh, Red has a lot of ways to sweep, like Blasphemous Act and Disaster Radius and things like that, right? Yeah, and Chain Reaction. Oh, and, yeah, Chain Reaction. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. You can do all kinds of crazy shit with that, so that's that's pretty cool. Evacuation in blue as well? Yep. Because you be... can just turn your tokens into not-creature tokens. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's, that's neat. I like that. That's yeah. a little techie Bruticlad tech tech. Yeah. tech. yeah, so yeah. if you hadn't thought of that, there's a... There's a nugget for you. So we'll go through the deck. We'll start with the creatures, and we'll uh, we'll save all the good stuff for last so that we can all... Nope. Yeah, sure. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this deck, and I don't know, I think this is pretty fun, is the most talked about deck on our show. What do we, you mean? We have, we have featured this deck, I think, four times. Bruticlad? Uh, nope, but the deck that... As it's evolved. Oh, oh, I understand what it you is mean. Slow, it started off as Serac Dragonclaw Werewolf Tribal. <laughs> probably one of the worst decks in history. And then it morphed into Arjun the Shifting Flame. Much better, but certainly much different than Werewolf Tribal. Yeah. And then it turned into Zerger, Burke, and Fleegy Bleeg, the coin flippy partner guys. Yep. And now it's Bruticlad. Sure. You know what? In the strengths and weaknesses section, one of the strengths of this deck is for CCO Nation, if they are into very Brando-feeling decks, I think you do have your own little bit of flavor or stink on the CCO brand. <laughs> this deck fits right into that wheelhouse if anybody out there is into into it. Yeah, if you ever want to play a deck that just makes it, you know how I feel all the time, this is probably the one. Well, let's get into it and see what is going down. Good one. So our first creature other than Bruticlad is a Geode Golem. Okay, that's a 5-3 Trample for 5. Eat your heart out, Juggernaut? Yeah. I think. Anyways, when Geode Golem deals combat damage to a player, you may cast your Commandy from the Command Zone without paying its mana cost. Oh. Yeah. Bruticlad has two big downfalls. One, he costs 6, and two, he's an artifact. So he's pretty easy to kill. And he costs a lot. So Geode Golem is in there to like, when he costs 10, like he did last night, yeah. get him for free. Get him for free. Well, for five and an attack. But he's got tramples, so yeah. you're probably going to get in. They'll get in there for a little bit of damage, then play your guy for free. Sweet. Excellent. All right, speaking of things that are artifacts, we have a Giara Weather Weatherlight Captain. And free. You got zero drops in here? Uh, I think one or I two. I think you actually have one, yeah. yeah. Anyways, it's a 3-3 three, three human artificer for, is it two... And when you cast a historic spell that is an artifact, legendary, or saga, you draw a card. Neat. Yeah, we yeah. just got a bunch of sagas in Theros, too. Maybe you can slot some in here, because this is a real deck that you have. I could. And uh, of note, I guess there's lots of legendary creatures 
based on the nature of how the deck has changed over the years. Yep. And uh, there's a fair number of artifacts because it's a red-blue deck. Because it's a red-blue deck and you're playing mana rocks. Exactly. So that's fine, yeah. All right, next up we have Chasm Skulker. Yeah, that's a 1-1 one, one for blue 2 Squid Horror. <laughs> Hey. When you draw a card, put a plus one on it. When it dies, you get a 1-1 one, one blue squid creature for each plus one that was on it. Yes, I'm very excited for new squid to put him in here. The, uh, oh, the yeah, tentacle the, guy? the tentacle guy. Yeah. What the? F what the? Tentacles? Really? Do you know how many requests for painted tentacle art I've gotten? Is there lots? Um, there's a medium. Let, um, me, let me tell you this. I've had to tell a couple people that I don't do anime. Wink, wink. Do not Google anime and tentacle. No. Do not. Do not. I used to like see them at family video all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Figure that out. Oh, man. Do you remember uh, video stores? Yeah, oh, video man. stores were great. Of course you do. You're fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> How many requests have you had to turn all of those boats into rubber ducks? Uh, none. Oh. Rubber somethings. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's keep going here. Next up, we have a Krenko Tinscreet. Tin Street Kingpin. Tin Street Ningpin. That's what I said. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's a that's a one two when he attacks, you get a plus one on him, and then you get a goblin for each of his power. Yeah. It occurs to me right now I'm not playing the other Krenko. I probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should probably play the other Krenko. All right. Uh again, a, a throwback to days gone by. I'm also playing Okun, Eye of Chaos, and Zindersplit, Eye of Wisdom. So those are, they partner with each other. So if you play one, you can search your library for the other one. At the beginning of combat, on your turn, flip a coin until you lose a flip. They both have that, right? Yep. And Zindersplit is whenever a player wins a coin flip, we draw a card. Whenever a player wins a coin flip? Yep. Oh, wow. And Okun is whenever you, or whenever a player wins a coin flip, you double his power, right? Oh, baby. He's going to get big. Yes. Yeah, he's going to get big and smash. And they both cost five. Uh, one is blue, one is red. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So they're very good. Uh, one's a card draw engine, one just out of nowhere can wipe somebody out. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have a shape sharer. Shape sharer, changeling. You can pay blue two, target shapeshifter, becomes a copy of target creature until end of turn. So that kind of just like turns that into whatever you want. Yep. And we'll see in a minute why that's important. Yes. Uh, we have a Locust God. Six mana, 4-4 four, four Flyer. Whenever you draw a card, you put a blue 1-1 one, one Insect Creature with Flying into play, and you can pay blue, red, 2, draw a card, then discard a card. And if it would die, you put it on to third from the top? No, you return it to your hand at the end step. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's... He's really good. Yeah. We have a toothy imaginary friend. Toothy, but no peer. No peer. No can't play peer. So yeah. it, it partners with peer. <laughs> you could search your library for a peer, but you wouldn't find it. One, one for four. Whenever you draw a card, put a plus one on him. And when he dies, you draw cards equal to the plus ones on it. He's so good. Yeah. He is so good. Yeah. Oh. He, he, you know, he, he He's totally fine. You got to do a lot of work or you got to wait a long time to net lots of cards off of it. But when it leaves the battlefield, so as soon as it starts to look like it's going to be a problem, even if they path to exile it or, or swords to plowshare it to exile it, you're gonna draw the cards. Now, the thing I like about Toothy is there's a there's a sweet spot with Toothy. There's like it starts off where it's whatever, he just dies and you're like, ah shit, I just basically discarded a card. Well, but, you still draw one card if he has no counters on it, right? I guess. But do, so the, do you though? Do you draw no, cards for counters or do you I draw cards equal to his power? It's counters. Counters on it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So there is that sweet spot where, like, you kind of just paid four and waited a turn to draw one card or two cards. Or nothing. Or nothing. But there is a point where he's, like, a 13-13, and nobody wants to remove him because they don't want you to draw 12. Yeah. So they just try and block it. Yeah. Without killing it. Yeah, you know what the other sweet spot is? Imprisoned in the Moon or Song of the Dryads or Frogify or, like, yeah. um, uh, no, what, um... Brain freeze? Not brain freeze. The one that turns it into an old four like it's frozen. Sure. From Dominaria. Yeah. Yeah, those are going to get it. And then if it leaves the battlefield because it has no abilities, if it's one of the ones that takes away its abilities, then you're kind of hooped. But yeah, but they still used a removal spell on Toothy instead of like Brutaclad or, or Joyra, I guess. Exactly. Or so, one of the other. Or Locust God. Yes. Okay, so let's get into the, the very Brando part of the creature section. Sure. Should be Clump? Clump away. Okay, we have Clever Impersonator, Clone, Dax, Duplicant, 
Sakashima the Imposter, Phyrexian Metamorph, Stunt Double, Vesuvian Doppelganger, and Vesuvian Shape Shifter, and Vizier of Many Faces. So all of those are four or five, I think, yep. mana clones. And by and large, what they do is when the, when they when you cast them, you choose a creature on the battlefield, and it enters the battlefield as a copy of that creature. Yep. Not a token, although there are some that we'll get to that do that. They enter as a copy of that creature. And right now, we're seeing a lot of legendary things, <laughs> and people are probably wondering, what are you guys doing? What the hell are you going to do You can't copy legendary stuff other than with... Of course, Sakashima that keeps her own name, even though she's a copy of the the creature that you chose, which is weird because it's like it doesn't actually get the bonus that we're gonna that we're leading into. Yeah, you but never it, thought of that, did you? But it does copy all of the legendary stuff, all of which are really good. Oh yeah, all of the legendary <laughs> stuff are really good in this deck. You yes. you happen to be right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the last creature. Yeah, <laughs> is our. The Seven Dwarves. The Seven Dwarves. This, this card, I said this card is good. And I think that it's good, and I want to see somebody build a legacy deck. I know we're a commandy podcast, but if you play legacy out there in CCO Nation, send me your list, commandercooko at gmail.com. I want to see them. <laughs> it used to, actually, when you said that, that's what made me think, this is going to be awesome. This is really cool. And we asked CCO Nation for deck lists, and I was like, what if we don't get one? And we did end up getting one. But I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do this in real life. This sounds like lots of fun. I'm taking all the credit, though, because this is my idea. <laughs> so this is a 2-2 two, two dwarf for red one. Seven dwarves gets plus one, plus one for each other creature named seven dwarves we control. <laughs> also, a deck can have up to seven cards named seven dwarves. Oh. There it is, that right? That is so good. So as of right now... My count of clones, not that we've already talked about on the show, but the count of clones in this deck, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 15, because Sakashima doesn't have the name Seven Dwarf. Right. But that's fine. That's okay. 15 is still good. Yeah. Additionally, we've got things that make tokens. Some of those tokens are an actual thing, like an insect or a mirror or a whatever, but... If you have a token of your seven dwarves, Brutaclad can make all of your tokens into the token that you choose. The seven dwarves. And you'll have to remember that if you have four or five dwarves out there, they all get... Let's say you have five dwarves, and one of them's a token, and you've got ten other tokens. Okay? So you've got five dwarves, so they all get plus five, plus five. So they're seven sevens. And then you go, move to combat. Brutaclad makes all of my tokens, my ten tokens... Into seven dwarf tokens. So all of my dwarves get an additional plus 10, plus 10. So now there's 17 17s, and you've got 17 of them. Yeah, 15 of them in this example. Yeah, 15 of them, and they're 17 17s. Wrecked. Whatever it is. Or there's 17 of them, and they're all 19 19s, because they're base power 2 2. Yeah. 19 19s. And there's 17 of them, and that's if you have 10 tokens and you have a Brutaclad. And that's not hard to do. Yeah, and that 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 seems like a magical Christmas land, best case scenario mentality type thing, but like you've played in token decks. Yep. How, like you sometimes you just get five, six, ten tokens, and you're not even trying. Just incidentally, they just sort of happen. Like the Locust God just gives you tokens for playing magic, and Brutaclad just gives you tokens for playing magic. And we have a bunch of other things that just give you tokens for doing things that you're going to do anyway. Yeah, and all you have to really do is draw one of your seven, seven dwarves. Exactly. Okay, let's see Let's see what else we got. And uh, and, and we've got lots of card draw. We do, because we're so, playing blue and red. Well, yep. mostly blue. Well, I'm not going to say lots of card draw, because there's, there's kind of only like three things in the deck that say draw a card, but they happen to be things like Toothy that could draw us like 10 at once, or Joyra that might net us... 10 cards over the course of the game. And Zinden Split, which if you're lucky, could draw you... Yeah. Who knows? You know what? You know what? Let's say the game, in a casual game at EDH, the game goes 10 turns. That that might be a little bit generous. Maybe games usually go 8 or 9 turns. If the game goes 10 turns and we net 10 cards off of Joyra or 10 cards off of, off of Toothy, that actually lets us 
hold in our hand double the amount of cards we'd normally see. And when you can do double of anything in Magic, it's probably going to win you the game if left unchecked. Yes. Right? I like it. Right? Like, we, we don't care about what our opponent is doing under any circumstance if we can enact a double type scenario, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk some instants. Sure. First up, we have Cackling Counterpart. Kicking it off right. Right? Right. Right. Blue, blue, one, instant. That's why this card's good. Yes. Put a token into the battlefield that's a copy of target creature you control. Uh-oh. I remember when this card came out and everybody was like, oh, yeah, it's got to be something we control. Yeah, just play good creatures. Yeah, just play good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> also, flashback. Yes. Blue, blue, five. Yeah. Pretty steep, but if you're paying seven to get like a 15, 15, because it's a seven dwarves. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, we have a Chaos War. That's a removal spell, and you could you could theoretically remove one of your own things to try and hit a clone or or a seven dwarf. I sure could. And that could could give the rest of your seven dwarves all plus one plus one. It's like F my tentacle token. I'm going for a dwarf. Yeah. Very cool. We have a we have a rift. Yeah, rift. We have a mystical tutor. That tutor's for an instant or sorcery puts on the top of your library. Instant speed so you could just draw it. We have a Pact of Negation. Weird include. I'm not sure why that one made the cut, but... I wanted a counterspell, and I figure if I'm going to play one counterspell, it should be a good one. Yeah, I think that counterspell is just better because this is actually a five-cost counterspell. It, it actually is. It just changes when you have to pay the five mana. I've got some notes on on counterspells and potential suggestions because this is a real deck that you play. So you might want to actually tweak it and tune it over time. So we'll talk about that yeah. in a sec. There will be there will be tuning to be done. I have a Pongify and a Rapid Hybridization and a Reality Shift. Those are the trifecta of blue removal. They remove the thing for one or two mana and they replace it with a 3-3, three, three, a 3-3, three, three, or in Reality Shift's case, the top card of their library is manifested as a 2-2. Two, two. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have a supplant form. Supplant form. That is blue, blue, four, instant, return target creature to its owner's hand. You may put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. So you can save a seven dwarves and get your token seven dwarves, or... Oh, you get your token seven dwarves in that case. Okay. Or, hypothetically, let's say they have an Ulamog. Also good. I would also like an Ulamog. You could also use it to as a six-mana way to save your... Locust God or whatever. The only caveat to using it as a means to save one of your things is you're leaving six mana up. Yeah. Like six mana is like, that's your, that's drawing and just attacking and then saying go and doing nothing. Yeah. Right. Just on the, on the off chance that you're going to have to protect your thing. So that's me playing blue. Nudra, swingo. <laughs> yeah, but you're swinging. I guess, yeah, I'm swinging. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. I lost it. Yeah. All right, and the last instant is my favorite counterspell, Wild Ricochet. Red, red, two, choose. You may choose new targets for an instant or sorcery spell, then copy that spell. You may choose new targets. Yes. So if somebody's, like, doomblading your seven dwarves, you go, nope, doomblade your guy, and I'll copy it so doomblade your other guy. Or, let's think bigger, Ryan. Sure. Let's say, time stretch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually a couple at our EDH&M meta. There is at least a couple decks I know that play time warp effects in their deck. And you remember, like, time warp and that mystic sanctuary bouncing your land, putting it back on the top, blah, blah, blah. Or there's a Golos deck that looks to take extra turns. Those are target player takes an extra turn, people. So yeah, that's a thing. Lots of those extra turn spells actually do say target player on them. I'm not sure why. Maybe it is to give people an extra out so they can redirect them or something. I don't know. It could be. But the, the other thing, too, with which is funny with Wild Ricochet, is you could go like cackling counterpart and then copy it and you get two seven dwarves oh yeah you could do that you could do there's, that. For there's there's sure. lots of uses for that card and whenever it comes up it's always good because you're paying four mana essentially to get two of a spell remember when you double something it's always it's, good it's always good yeah i like that all right speaking of things we could double we have a brass's bounty okay sorceries now for 
Red six. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> for each land you control, create a colorless treasure artifact token, and it taps and sacks for a man of any color. War turns into seven dwarves. Yeah. You know what I like better than Brass's Bounty? What's that? Dockside Extortionist. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ha- like, ha- I was going to say half the mana, but no, it's far less than half the mana. <laughs> yes. And it gives you potentially as many treasure tokes. Hmm. That's a thing. I don't hate that. And, and it- you could make clones of it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you would like a treasure nav, remember, check us out on social media. You get entered in to win our... Uh, Savine EDH deck giveaway. Yeah, of course. You know, we didn't mention all of the details. The official details will be on commandercookout.com. That's the website. Yes. <laughs> yes. Our official, official home on the entire internet. Uh, the next sorcery on the deck is a fabricate. Fabricate. So this searches for an artifact, puts it into your hand. You got some tutors in here. I actually think that this one is actually a remnant, and I'm going to cut it for something else. I don't know what. But I think it's on the block to get removed. That's I don't, fine. It's a good card. It's a good card, but I, I don't know. I'm not a huge tutor fan. If I can help it, I don't think this deck really needs tutors. Get the old tootskies. This deck has enough redundancy to not need them. But, and you know what else too is that doesn't find your seven dwarves. Yeah, like it could be something fun. Is what the, could that could be? And I would rather play fun cards. I suppose. Yeah. And, so, and of course, the devil's advocate is the tutor finds you the card that you think is fun. Right, it's the yeah. second copy of that card. That, that's the kind of the two sides of the coin, right? I suppose that's it's fine either way. Like you're only playing a couple. Let's talk about a card that probably doesn't get played anywhere, but in a deck like this one, in Hate Mirage. Ah, oh, man, I love that name. I do too. I like the art too. This is a cool Hate card. Mirage. So this is sorcery for red and three. Choose up to two target creatures you control. You don't control. For each of those creatures, create a token that's a copy of that creature. The token gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. Sometimes they just have better stuff than you. Yes, and you don't have to choose two things controlled by the same player. Nope. So you could just choose like one from you, one from the other dude. Correct. Ooh. Like you could have one of their little, uh, those archetypes that give all of your guys something but takes it away from everybody else, like the flying one. Mm. So then all your dudes get flying, all their dudes lose flying, and then something giant from this guy over here. And then you can just smash some wholesale ass. Yeah. You can smash asses. I love smashing. (laughs) All right, next up we have a Ryan special in Heat Shimmer. Yeah, Heat Shimmer. This is a sorcery. Oh, you do play Twin Flame. So Heat heat Shimmer and Twin Flame both kind of do the same thing. Heat Shimmer is red two. Twin Flame is red one. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature. It gains haste. At the end of turn, you sacrifice it. And Twin Flame has Strive. So you can copy it every time you pay an additional red two. You can get another instance of that card. Yeah, so hypothetically, if you have a bunch of seven dwarves, you could make lots of seven dwarves out of it. Yeah, and you you just get them till end of turn. But if you can make maybe two additional seven dwarves and you have ten, that's like for five mana, you make two more. You're going to give all of them plus two plus two. That's an additional like 20 damage. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. Speaking of giving things 20 damage, how about Rite of Replication? Oh, <laughs> yeah, this one gives you five more. So blue, blue, two, put a, you, you put a token into play that's a copy of target creature, right? Yep. If you pay the kicker of five, you get five of those tokens instead. <laughs> <laughs> so for what's the all-in cost? Nine to get five more of something. Yes. Seven dwarves seems like a bad target if you only have one. And you're going to go up to six. But if you have like five of them and you go up to ten of them, (laughs) that seems good. And that is usually what happens. Honestly, that is usually what happens. Because you're going to have tokens from other stuff. You've played Brass's Bounty already. You have nine treasure tokens. Yeah, you know what? The way way that this deck curves out is very interesting. Because you could go like turn two and three like... Seven dwarves. Turn four, clone a seven dwarves. Turn five, ma- turn five or six, brutaclad, right? Then you could go, like I don't know, what do you do it at the middle or top of the middle of the curve, right? Do you just go like clone, clone, same same turn? Maybe you got all those good legendary guys. You can start playing them. Sure. Like there's lots of the stuff you can do. Top it's of fun. the top of the curve, you just go right a replication and go. Ugh! Exactly. You die. <laughs> die. It's my favorite thing to say to somebody. All right, let's move on to some enchanties. Sure. There are five of them. 
Uh, let's start with the least exciting one in Mr. Kimura. That just is cumulative upkeep one. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creech, they can pay four, or they draw a card, and that costs just blue. Or I draw a card. That's what I meant. They don't get shit. No, that's why it's good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that card is a mighty card. That's a CEDH staple. You drop that turn one, you're almost guaranteed to draw three cards off it. I mean, your opponents might not have turn one plays, but if they don't, just pay the cumulative upkeep one, and on round two of the table, you, you get some cards. You're almost guaranteed to draw, draw three more. Also, it has fish on it, and that's yes. just cool. All right, uh, we have Curse of Opulence. That is red for an enchantment. You curse somebody. Whenever enchanted player is attacked, create a colorless artifact token named Gold. It, it you sacrifice it to whatever, and then that player does the same. No, each opponent attacking that player does the same. Yeah. So you get a gold token no matter what, and whoever attacks the cursed player also gets one. Right, so it incentivizes people to attack, not you, and it feeds into your strategy of turning gold tokens into seven dwarves. Yes, what happens when we curse ourselves again? Isn't that good? Don't we like doing that? Then when people attack us, we get a gold token. We get a gold token regardless. They get a gold token when they attack us? Yeah. Is that good to curse ourselves? No. Oh. No, because it makes people attack into us. Oh, and not somebody else. It's never as good to it unless they're doing it anyway. Don't we get? Do we get two if they? Mm -mm. Oh no. Okay, curse yeah. someone else. I guess definitely <laughs> curse someone else. Because then when you attack the cursed person, you get two. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I like that one. How about uh, followed footsteps? Followed footsteps. Blue, blue, three enchantment aura enchant creature. Okay, at the beginning of your upkeep, so you got to wait a turn for this to happen after yeah. you pay five on it. Yeah. Okay. Put a token that's a copy of Enchanted Creature onto the B. This one's not my favorite. It's, it's not the it's best slow, card, but... and there is the opportunity to remove the creature that you enchanted. They two for one you. You got no value off it. You spent five. We've got some suggestions. This one might be on the short list of chopping. How about Storm the Vault? Storm the Vault. This one is the one that flips into Telerian Academy, right? Yes. Okay, so that taps for a blue for each artifact you control once it flips, but... It's a legendary enchantment when it's not flipped, and it costs red, blue, two. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, you get a treasure token. At the beginning of your end step, if you control five or more treasure, five or more artifacts, yeah. transform Storm the Vaults. And Brutaclad is an artifact, and at the beginning of combat, he gives you another artifact. Yep. Lots of artifacts. And you can make all of your your current tokens into artifacts if you want to flip the Storm of the Vaults, and that'll like immediately boost your mana from four or five, whatever turn it is, to nineteen. Ninety-seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess in. turn six if you have Brutaclad on turn seven you untap and you have like a thousand mana. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty okay. good. All right. And uh Mirror March. Mirror March. This is a Brando special, Hell I guess. Yeah, right? it is. I love this card. Red five, enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, flip a coin until you lose a flip. So Zinder Split and Okun like this. They do. Your clones to copy your seven dwarves like this, but the token things don't. Right. Okay. For each coin flip you've won, create a token that's a copy of target creature. Those tokens gain haste, exile them at the beginning of the end step. So you could just like play a, a clone cloning a seven dwarves and this will trigger and if you win let's say two coin flips you get two more dwarves that's right and they all gain haste right so at that point you probably have three dwarves that can attack and they're all five fives that's right sure i'm just i'm just doing quick math on like medium case scenario yeah. on that card and you're on turn six you probably have something else yeah you've probably played, played brutaclad before this so you're gonna you're gonna have some seven dwarves yeah, yeah, this is probably the... I don't know, do you play Brutaclad before this? You probably do, just 100%. so you could, you could change all of your tokens into dwarves. Yeah, yeah man. Okay. Brutaclad is awesome. Mirror March is also lots of fun. It's it's inconsistent, but it's super fun. I really like it. All right, it's Artifact O'Clock. Arties. Artie O'Clock. We're going to start off with a Crook of Condemnation. Oh, I remember open flipping this card and telling you that it was good. Didn't I tell you it was good? Definitely not. Oh. Two mana Artifact... Pay one, exile target card from a graveyard. Okay, fine. Pay one, exile crook, exile all cards from all graveyards. How come this isn't Relic of Progenitus? Because this is what was in my hand at the time I was making the deck. Oh. I had one like in a pile of cards, so I, I did this. Also, this one lets you pick. 
Relic of Progenitus, you don't get to pick. Oh, but it also lets you draw a card when you do the thing. I guess. Yes, and there's a new one from Theros Beyond Death. We'll probably pull it in our open flippy videos. Ooh. Make sure you check them out on YouTube, everybody. <laughs> Got there. You, you ever build a deck that's super casual, and then you put a card that's probably too good for the deck in it? No, I've never done that. No, no. <laughs> How about a Helm of the Host? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is good in, in, in regular decks. Yeah. What about a token deck? Ooh. Well, let's find out. <laughs> this is a four mana legendary artifact equipment. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of equipped creature, except if it's legendary, the token isn't legendary. <laughs> this card is mighty. This in is here. a this is a mighty card. Equipped for five, so you've got an all in of nine, and then you have to go to combat, which fine. You know what it doesn't say? At the beginning of your upkeep. Yeah. Yeah. What it says is spend all your mana on your first main phase and then just immediately move to combat. And then you get it. Yeah. Which is better than upkeep. And it doesn't die at the end of your turn. Oh. If it's legendary, it's not legendary. So if it's a Locust God or an Akum or yes. a Zindan Split, oh. you can make all your creatures into that. Oh, Helm of the Host is good. Yeah. I really like Helm of the Host. One of the cards I plan to get signed the next time I meet the artist, because she's a very nice lady, in Inspiring Statuary. Ooh, this is a Brando special too. Three drop, non-creature spells you control have improvised. So that means you can tap your artifacts to help pay for one of the costs. And that goes for your equipments if they're attached, right? You can yep. still tap them. Yep. That goes for your lightning greaves, your crook, your silent gravestone, which is another graveyard exiling thing that should be that new thing from Theros or a uh, relic of progenitus. Your swift foot boots, your smuggler's copter if you're not attacking it because it is not crude. Even if it is crude, it's still an artifact that you could tap yep. to improvise with. <laughs> I'm just going through the the list so we can kind of clump some. And yeah. Treasure Map. I don't remember what this card does ever. Treasure Map, you tap to scry one. You tap one and it to scry one. And then when you, and then it gets a counter. I mean, it has three counters on it. You flip it over, make three treasures, and it turns into a land that lets you sack treasures to draw cards. Ooh, you get landmark counters on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. So, you know what? Just by the by, that's the artifact suite. <laughs> <laughs> if, and if we're clumping, we're playing a Sol Ring, a Thran Dynamo, a Thought Vessel, a Mox Amber, and an Is It Signet. As... Mox, Mox Amber, that's a little bit of a weird one. It's just, it's one that I had, and there's lots of legendary creatures in the deck, so I figured the odds are it'll get me some mana most of the time. Yeah, and the legendary creatures all have colored mana in their casting cost. Yeah, so it's... I think, I think Zinder Split and Okum are the only ones that don't have dual colors in their mana cost, right? Yeah. I think so. And Sakashima. Oh, yeah. yeah that's but, fine. But yeah, it's fine. And then we've got, I don't know, I guess the other stuff, everything else is in there to either draw cards or make tokens of some kind. Oh, I didn't, I didn't mention Prying Blade. What does that do? Prying Blade is an equipment for one. It equips for two. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus oh. And whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, I create a treasure token. Ooh, Okay. And the smug smuggler's copter in there, of course, flying crew one three three for two. You can crew it with literally anything in the deck, including a one one shitty token. Yep. And when it attacks or blocks or blocks or blocks or blocks, and you can crew at instant speed, right? Yep. You draw a card, then discard a card. So good. Yeah, that's just a that's just a good old card, right? And uh, we also have a mimic vat. Oh, that's right. So when if any of our dwarves die, we can put them under the mimic vat, and we can make an instant speed dwarf with haste. And that'll pump our other dwarves once we kind of rebuild, or it'll just give us access to dwarf. It gives you access to that dwarf token for Brutaclad. Yeah. And the reason I'm playing Silent Gravestone and Crook is also sort of a meta call, because there is a Marin deck that's very, very prevalent. There's at least two Marin decks, and there is one Muldrotha deck at EDH&M, and now Jesse has a Muldrotha deck too, effing. Freaking guy, yeah. But they're both the like, crook is targeted, so I can get the thing that I need to get rid of out of a graveyard. And silent gravestone makes cards in graveyards not be the targets of spells or abilities. Okay. So it 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 doesn't exile the graveyard, but it, it can. It can exile graveyards, but it also oh yeah, they're yeah. they're a non-boat together. <laughs> yeah, they suck together. But when you only have one of them, 
it works good. Yeah, and Silent Gravestone, I mean, you can pay the four, Exile Gravestone, and all cards from all graveyards, and that one does draw you a card. Yeah. So, you know what? You do have to play Graveyard Hate if you're worried about it. I mean, you can't play Bog in this deck, but you can play the Scavenger Grounds, yep. and you do have access to several deserts if you want continued access to Sacrifice an Artifact, Remove All Graveyards with Scavenger Grounds. There's a couple deserts that you could run. Sure. And if you're not trying to break any land speed records, I'm sure you kind of don't care if those deserts enter the battlefield tapped. Or if there's not a whole lot of aggro decks in the metas that you're playing this deck in, you can play the ones that when you tap them for um, like a mana, they deal a damage to you. That's okay because they are desert still. And if you're going to sacrifice some scavenger grounds, I don't know. It's something that I've thought about. I do play the white and the black ones in my Alenda deck. But that deck does gain life. Yes. This so. one this one does not. Uh, lastly, lastly, we have the Planeswalker area. We have a pair of Sahilis. Yeah. Uh, we've got Sahili's Sublime Artificer. This one, this one is, I remember this one being good. So let's see here. This is a five loyalty Sahili for three. Ooh. Like, is it, is it hybrid, hybrid one? Whenever you cast a non-creature spell create a 1-1 one, one colorless servo artifact token. Yeah, baby. I remember this being a storm card, and I was thinking, God, I wish it was just red. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, minus two, target artifact you control becomes a copy of another artifact or creature you control until end of turn, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. Yeah. So it can turn... Oh, oh, you can make one of your artifacts into an artifact or a creature. Yeah, I can make my gold token into seven dwarfs, thereby giving me my dwarf token so Brutoclad can turn all my token into seven dwarfs. But it's not a token, though. It's it's still just whatever it is, plus it's an artifact in addition to its other types. The, it, po the point is you can make whatever you want into another seven dwarfs. Yeah, if it's a gold token, which is a token, it's an oh. artifact. <laughs> yeah. See... Because lots of those tokens are artifacts. <laughs> oh, fuck, you got me. That was so good. I'm telling you, dude. Oh, this, man. Okay, that's I've, a little tricksy right I've there. I found ways of doing this, man. And the uh, last one is Sahili the Gifted. You read it. I'm not wearing my glasses. <laughs> Four man is Sahili. I'm sitting across the studio, and I can read it. And Brando's got it eight inches from his head, and he can't. So this is a four-loyalty Sahili for red, blue, two, plus one. Create a one-one... Servo artifact colorless creature toke plus one again. The next spell you cast costs one less to cast for each artifact you control. So that is pretty good with your brass's bounty or maybe your brutoclad or whatever, right? Does that lower kicker costs for red replication? I just thought of that. Yeah, uh, no, because that's an additional cost. Weak. Tell us we're wrong in the comments or on Twitter at CCO Podcast at CCO Brando. Let us know if we're right or wrong there. Minus seven. For each artifact you control, create a token that's a copy of that artifact. It gains haste. They all gain haste and exile them at the end of combat. So that's like a card that I'm going to suggest, sort of. He's pretty good. That's good. I like her. I like the create a token. It, it sort of protects herself if you need that because you're playing lots of creatures in the deck. You can make your expensive stuff cost less. Which right? is good. And like she goes up. To make your stuff cost less, which is cool. Yeah. You know what? Even if it doesn't reduce kicker costs, if you could just like plus her and make your writer replication cost those two colorless less, all of a sudden seven, that looks a lot more attractive than nine. True. In any in any in, in any circumstance. Yeah. It's just better, yeah. You ain't wrong. Yeah, that's it. So any lands of note? Do we do we care? I know I mentioned scavenger grounds. Other than that though, like Lots of islands, lots of mountains, which is great. I've seen a couple blood moons in our meta. I hate bending how I build decks around like only blood moon or only back to basics or only Magus of the Moon. Right. They're all relatively expensive cards that not very many people play. And this is a two color deck. So it's like, I don't know, it's fine. You don't super need a lot of like the non-basics I play in this deck are Cascade Bluff Scalding Tarn Shivan Reef Steam Vent Sulfur Falls Strip Mine Reliquary Tower gotta get that Strip Mine in there yeah, though, gotta right? play that Strip yeah, Mine yeah that's it sometimes you just gotta kill that land Ryan yep so you just gotta do that ah yeah I think all that's fine you don't play the the Karoo is it Boilerworks land nah too slow too slow or just like too it kind of throws a monkey wrench in your curve right when you don't have it in your opening hand on turn two 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, they're they're cool. I like those lands lots, and there is a place for them. But I just don't think that this deck really super duper needs that. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think you play them on turn two in a slow deck, or you play them on turn eighty seven in a deck that wants like just land drops. Yeah, you play it over and over again with your Azusa so that you can get your landfall triggers. That's I suppose. Yeah. That's why I like them. Yeah, so the land suite's pretty... I didn't spend a whole ton of time on the land. I counted pips, I did a little bit of math, and then I got a bunch of basics out of my box and put them in sleeves. Yeah, and you know what? That's totally fine for a deck that is casual throw together, and you've built this kind of archetype before, so that's fine. Over time, you might find, oh yeah, I've always got 87 basics. I'm going to put a scavenger grounds in. I'm going to put a wasteland in. I'm going to put those two deserts and the two cycling deserts in just to help my scavenger grounds or i could cycle them to draw cards late game right yeah it's drawing cards late game with those cycling deserts that's actually good for your your toothy your chasm skulker right for the locust god too yeah yeah yeah, it's good see those are the kinds of things when you have a real deck you want to kind of get that little bit of an edge so you can slowly hone your deck over time right yes so for those following along at home Three card draw spells, but again, they all draw us lots of cards. Yeah, they're all very good. There's a bunch of targeted removal. There's five. We could go back to the Pact of Negation. Like, that is an expensive card if anybody wants to actually build this deck. You could just run a counterspell, or you could run a four or five mana counterspell with other upsides if you're going to spend that five mana on the Pact of Negation. I could run a Rewind or a Uh, Fairy's Trickery. There's all kinds of stuff. Cryptic Command, which lets you draw cards, counterspells, tap dudes. I don't have any more of those, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's the the one counter-target spell draw card? That's a good one. Mm. For four, if you've got to have the four mana open where... Like, packed, you don't need any mana open, but you, you, you can spend what, five on it. That's you, the point. You know what I could play instead of Pact of Negation? Is that, uh, what's it called? Whirlwind Denial from the new set? Ooh, I don't remember. That's the one that, like, oh, counters yeah. any number of spells or abilities unless the controller pays four. There you go. I'm I'm kind of into that card right now, so hopefully I'll open one in my box, and I can put that in. Yeah, that's it. So... That's weird that I'm excited for a counterspell. That's <laughs> yeah, so that's weird. It. That threw me off a little bit. <laughs> Five mana rocks. Is it enough? You've got a low curve. Like, it's it's right at 3.0 or something, isn't it? 3.06? 3.06. That's it. Is that low enough for that amount of mana rocks? And you're playing a Thought Vessel. That could be maybe an Arcane Signet. Do you care about having cards in your hand? Not so much. I think that's another one left over from when it was... Drawy, cardy, flippy, coiny. Oh yeah, yeah. Or and draw or every time I play a Ar- spell. Or June the shifting flame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just was in there. Good card. Like Great I'm not gonna game. knock the card. You, you, you cast it for two. It gives you one, and there's an upside. The the upside, of course, of arcane signet is you play it for two. It gives you one, but those are colored mana. Yeah. I guess see see the section on number of basic lands. Yeah. Same kind of theory, right? Yeah. Okay. Token generators fourteen. Hell yeah. One drops that you want to play, eight. Yeah. So just below half of your games, you're going to have action on turn one. Two drops, 18. <laughs> <laughs> so about 75% of your games, you're going to have action on turn two. Stuff going on. And with the commander, like, free mulligan, multiplayer mulligan, almost every single game, like, above 85% of your games, you're going to have action on turn two. In all the games I've played with this, which is only a handful, I... I have a seven dwarves. That I'm yeah, play. D- that was my question. My next note is like, do you run your seven dwarf out immediately on turn two? Is that what you start to do? Do you start to get in seven dwarf beats if you have two in your opening hand? I have been, but I think that people are catching on to what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and so now the seven dwarves are a target. So like, I'll get in for you know seven, eight damage with a couple of seven dwarves, and then people are going to start killing them because they know now I'm at five, six mana, now I'm going to start cloning them, Yeah. and now they're going to be in trouble. And you know what the deck, I don't think I see a way for the deck to, other than maybe your toothy leaving the battlefield on ten counters, I don't see a way to have a whole bunch of mana open and a haste enabler and just go like dwarf, 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 like get 15 dwarfs. I don't see a way to just kind of combo puke dwarves out and just kill somebody? Well, if you can puke out tokens, uh, Brutaclad is a haste enabler. Oh, yeah, Brutaclad. 
Yeah, that's right. He I was thinking, why is why why no anger when you're running so many mountains? Why no mass hysteria? Because that's <laughs> kind of just like a fun political card to give all creatures haste. That's pretty good. You Gives windmill slam that turn one, and the games oh, are crazy. Hundred percent. I played it in Zada in the the Vegas Commander Championship two years ago, <laughs> and I windmailed it first game of the entire tournament. Uh, mass hysteria. <laughs> The game went on for like two hours because <laughs> everybody could attack everybody, and everybody creature everybody's creatures just kept dying. That'll do it. That'll do it. Man. Yeah, I'm man. telling you. Okay, we we got to move on. We could suggest cards for real decks all day because we actually play these decks. But yeah. we we got to move on. Strengths and weaknesses. Strengths and weaknesses. Like I said, very Brando style decks. So if you know that you like Brando style decks out there in CCO Nation, this is it. This is the one. This one, like I said, like I said at the top of the show, it's going to make you feel the way I feel all the time. Yeah, it plays all the shit that you want to play. Yeah, whether the deck works or not, you're going to know exactly how it feels to be me while you play Magic. That's it. So every time we've dropped clone dot deck on the show or some variation of it, we say it scales nicely with the meta because if you do copy your opponent's stuff, you are going to get the same power level deck that they get. Well, the one thing about this, I guess this is now a good time to talk about scaling with other decks. The first game I ever played with this deck, and Ryan was there, I used a clone to clone my opponent's Rex Seal so that I could attack another opponent so I could steal the Conflux out of their graveyard to find seven dwarves and my right of replication so I could win the game. <laughs> Conflux tutors for a card of each color. Exactly. So you have two different colors in your deck. Yeah. You find the seven dwarves and the thing to clone it five times. And Rexiel lets you sneak in and steal it from their graveyard for free. That's pretty sick. Yeah. So, like, so I, I, wa I walked up and you were like, I did it. I'm like, what? I built it. <laughs> what? And you just point to a seven dwarves, and I was like, oh, that was my idea. You did it. And he's like, check this out. <laughs> right of rep. I've got 13 of them. Take 15 times 12 or whatever it was, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Die. It was awesome. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun moment. I, I walked up right at the perfect time. It was, it, was, it was a good time. So, like, is the deck explosive then? I know, like, Brutaclad's a haste enabler. There's not really any way other than your right of replication to explode out. Is it, is it, is it explosive or linear? It's, it's explo it's, well, it is kind of linear in how it does what it does, but it has been explosive each time I play it. Like, essentially, the deck goes kind of like, you know, you're middling, you're surviving, you're playing a deck that's fun and pretty good, and it has some good interaction in it, and then you get a Seven Dwarves token, and you can just go ham if you have a Brutoclad. That's it. If yeah. you have a Brutoclad and a Seven Dwarves token, just by, just by playing the deck the way that you're going to be playing it anyway you're going to slap somebody's lips off immediately. <laughs> like, you may not be able to win the game, but you can cause a heaping helping of pain for you one know what? person. Sometimes that's more fun, right? Like, it's like my Persistent Petitioner's deck. It doesn't win games, but it gets second in every single game it's ever in <laughs> because it can't die. It gets to do its thing, right? Yeah. And I think that this deck, based on its mana cost, is going to get to do its thing. Oh, yeah. it'll As long as you don't totally whiff on every draw for every turn, you're going to get to play and do what the deck wants to do and that's i mean that's what you always want to do in every game of commander whether you win or lose right yeah is you gonna want to play the shit out of your deck and this deck will let you play the shit out of it all the time sweet so let's let's hop over to weaknesses then we'll move into spice calculator and what have you let's do it so weaknesses card draw is it possible in a deck particularly a deck like this that you want a density of dwarves and clones and token makers is it possible to have too much of the thing that you want to do and not have enough ways to find or refill? Yes. Right? You play a couple tutors to help you find, but those aren't card advantage. They're not helping you fill your hand up so you have more things to do on the next turn. You only get one card a turn, and if you cast two cards a turn for a couple turns in a row, you're going to be empty. The Boros problem, right? Right. This feels like, based on the card draw spells that are in it, it feels like you might run into that Boros problem unless you happen to find your Zinder Split, your your Toothy, or what's the other one? Your Locust God. Locust God. Right? Yeah. So I don't know. And Locust God, you got to discard too, right? Yeah. So keep that in mind, I guess, if anybody's going to build this. And over time, you're going to find, you know what? I can make a ton of mana. Maybe I just want a Blue Sun Zenith. Yeah, really good. Uh, what's the other one? The not Brain Freeze. Brain Geyser? No. 
But it does draw you cards for X. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of the name of the damn spell. It'll it'll hit me like later on today, and I'll say it really loud, and you'll be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's how we usually do it. Well, listen into our YouTube content. You'll hear it maybe. <laughs> Remember that thing we were talking about that one time? Oh, well, yeah. Nobody else will know what we're yeah, talking nobody about. Nobody else will get it. So I guess the, the moral of the story is there for everybody is just make sure that you do have ways to refill if you're focused on like creating a density of the thing that you want to do. Sometimes you can be too dense and have nothing else to do if that plan kind of goes awry. If the plan fails. Dwarf, 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 clone token and then your opponent goes wrath of god and you're like oh fuck there goes my hand yeah shit and my whole game i can't <laughs> do anything right and you're in top deck mode yeah. anyways removal package we talked about counter spells i think that this deck could definitely need a, a sweeper and evacuation especially after you told me that mm. you can make your creatures into gold tokens and they don't get bounced yeah sweet well i just realized that today too so learning with brando and ryan as we're learning that's awesome there it is couple suggestions clone legion makes all of your it puts a token copy into play for each creature your opponent controls. Ooh. It costs like a thousand mana though. I'll get there. It's a it's a good top end card. I have a Telerian Academy. I can get there. There it is. Yeah. You can do anything with Telerian Academy. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Didn't didn't standard in nineteen ninety eight teach us that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stolen identity. That was suggested by F. U. Aiden last night at Beers. Yeah, and I was think I, I was looking at it and I read I was like, ah, whatever. And then as soon as I got up from the table, I was like, ah shit. That is, that is so good. Six mana, right? Four. No, it's six. It's, it's got to be six. I think it's four. That's you fucking guy. It's six. It is six. Give it a read. Stolen Identity is a sorcery for six. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target artifact or creature, and then it has Cypher. And Cypher, if I remember right, I can't actually read the words, is um, when... You can cast the spell when the creature that it's encoded onto attacks, it's, right? It's sort of enchants a creature after it resolves. Yeah. And then... So it goes to your graveyard. Oh, you no, you, you, you exile it. Oh, you it, exile it? It does it? go to exile, yeah. Oh, okay. Which is fine. It does the same thing when the creature attacks. You can cast the encoded card. I don't know why they didn't just call it encode. <laughs> <laughs> and you get another copy. I'm going to put that in instead of followed footsteps. Yes. Because it says 100%. combat on it, yeah. Yeah, 100%. There we go. Yeah, you're doing combat things in blue. New year, new you. Exactly. That's it. So, Spice Calculator. Spice Calculator. I hate to break it to you. Ooh, not good. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You have two tutors, which always hurts a little bit. You said you're going to cut one. Yeah. Maybe, because I, I have faith that you are a man of your word. I counted it in such a way that because Seven Dwarves is on the stock page for oh, Brutoclad really? on EDH Rec. I counted that as seven. Oh, damn it. Seven matches there. So you've got 34 cards different than the stock list. Still if, pretty okay. If you count it as one, you go up to 40 cards different. So I'm going to do both. And and people can decide what they what they, what they want. Okay. 985 Brutoclad lists on EDH Rec in the last two years. That's pretty, he's the fourth most popular is it commander. He's right above Mizzix and right below the Locust God. Yeah, one of which you like, one of which you less than like. Yes, good, <laughs> good choice of words. 306 converted mana cost on average, which is good, largely in part to all of the seven dwarves. Yes. <laughs> Punch it all into the spice calculator with one tutor, 34 unique cards from the stock list. 50.9. Oh, I passed the 50 test. You you did do it. If we kept Ooh. the two tutors in there, if you're going to scumbag Ooh. me and keep both those tutors in there, 40.9. Ooh. Yikes. If you cut the tutor and we only count seven dwarves as one match instead yeah. of seven matches, <laughs> 56.9. There we That's go. That's good. That's now, okay. There it is. You That's... pass the 50 test. You almost move into honors with that 60 rating. We're, we're, it's okay. That's all right. I'll take that. And you know what? completely unique and new take on clone.deck not just because you're adding red and the clone steal your stuff.deck is usually blue when you find it out in the wild or it's like a, a braids um everybody gets a free thing dot deck right or commie of the butt crack draw an extra card type thing right yeah that's like, what i used to have yeah that's right this is actually a dedicated way inside of your own deck to win the game with those seven dwarves. Yeah. On a two mana common. Cool. Right? So you can scale your deck with the power level of your opponents if they're doing the most powerful thing. But 
get five or six dwarves, you're doing the most powerful thing, <laughs> and you just clone your own thing. Exactly. So that kind of sounds like a final thought of the day. Give us a run through. Thank our glorious overlords. Deck giveaway, 25 bucks from face-to-face games. Do everything. All the pressure's on you. <laughs> All right. If you want to enter into either either of our giveaways, we got a $25 gift card from face-to-facegames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. If you tag us and them in a social media post, we're going to see it. Get you entered into the hat to win 25 bucks. Caveat there is you have to have a account at the site. If you want to enter to win our Savine Mystic Intellect or something? Mystic Intellect. I think that's actually it. Super Duper Wall Pre-Con 2019 Commander Deck. you got to hit us up on any of our social media. Leave a comment. Tell us something fun. Tell us how you like to play blue. Or if you don't like to play blue, oh, why not? Oh, I like that. Okay, I'm going to do some... I'm, I'll do the social media posts for the deck giveaways. You tell us your new way to play blue in 2020. You're going to take blue out of the ooh, I'm better than you space and put it into something fun? Put it into where usually white exists. Play blue <laughs> like you're playing white. Like a support color? Oh, yeah. No, no it's going to be uh it's going to be one ones for two soldier tribal. Hell yeah. Yeah, got now, there. Now we're talking. As for this deck, like Ryan said, it is a very me deck. It has a lot of me in it, and if you like that or think you would like that, give it a try and let me know what you thought about it. I think it's lots of fun. I've played it a bunch of times. I really, really am enjoying it, and I'm going to have fun tooling it to make it a little bit better. Watch out coming up soon for some new YouTube stuff. Me and Ryan are going to grab some beer. We're going to head out. We're going to eat a taco. We're going to record some video content, and we'll probably talk about that again on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! (laughs) 